We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You are listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. Oh, you haters, come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up, everybody? Today, I'm Jacob. I'm here with Justin and Kamiar today. You can find our podcast, The Uncontested, anywhere you listen to podcasts and on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Go subscribe to both us and Blue Wire. That would be awesome. Leave us a five-star rating while you're at it. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Blue Wire is at Blue Wire Pods. Uh, there's a lot of good podcasts on, on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, I got to say. Um, some real good pods. Some of them are better than us. Uh, not for long, well, probably. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I mean, not for long. We'll, we'll, we'll take them over eventually. But, uh, gentlemen, you guys doing all right today? Uh, yeah. Real, real good. Real good. Real good. Um, there's been a lot of non-finals NBA stuff happening. A lot of Thunder stuff happening. Um, so we got a lot of content to talk about today. The, the The people are anxious. They want to hear from us. How anxious are they? Um, anxious enough that they have all called their doctors and asked for a prescription of Xanax. What about Valium? Didn't we just talk about that? Yeah, we just uh, talked about that. Without context, that makes us sound like we're a bunch of drug dealers, and that's not very good. Um, I mean, I don't sell drugs, but if I did, I'd probably make more money than I currently do. Uh, same, <laughs> same. Shout same. out Oklahoma City or Oklahoma public school system. Uh, Justin, do you think you would make more money selling drugs or doing your current day job? 
I don't think I'd be a very good drug dealer. So hey, yeah, I'm, so I'm cool. keep my day job. <laughs> what are you, uh, yeah, what are you interested in? I'm, I mean, <laughs> I've I'm got not some of this. Uh, uh, the kids call it marijuana. <laughs> I'm not condoning drug usage. I'm just saying I hear it's pretty lucrative. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now you can do it legally, so that changes yeah. things. Yeah, we can we can open a CBD shop, but we only sell things that we like, like uh, sparkler sparklers. <laughs> the amount, <laughs> like the market, is so oversaturated in Oklahoma for dispensaries. It's like crazy. It's um, annoying. Kind of blow. Like, what do you think there's going to be more of in the month of July? Firecracker stands, or Weed dispensaries. <laughs> Man, that's tough. Maybe we should combine the two. Oh my oh god. God. Buy five ounces of weed, you get a free artillery shell. <laughs> it's a good CBD deal. CBD infused bottle rockets. <laughs> do you think do you think there are more C V D shops than there were blockbusters ten years ago? Oh yeah. Yeah, because there's, dude, there's so question. many CBD shops around now. Yeah. I read something that said in the first, like, three months, I think it was, after Oklahoma passed the legislation, they had more license, more licensees than the entire state of Colorado. Wow. Which uh, is wild. Well, they're, like, attached to every 7-Eleven. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Every, yeah, every, and... I mean, that's just good business, you know, like get some chocolate milk. 7-Eleven loves that because <laughs> like you either you buy your weed, you get high and then you get the munchies and go next door or Use if you if you want to buy the weed, but you don't have enough money to like buy something to smoke it out of, you just go get like a 20 ounce bottle of soda. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then well after you never i'm not going to get into the specifics of that uh <laughs> i have no clue why we've talked for the first five minutes of this podcast about marijuana um any of you that are still listening god bless you yes god bless you all let's talk about do you, basketball do you think our do you think our listeners are avid users um i don't know there's no judging here at the uncontested podcast you do whatever you want with your life um okay okay the uh the oklahoma city thunder are doing whatever they want with their life and one of the things they maybe want to do is trade their 21st overall draft pick according to shams charnia of the athletic on tuesday he reported quote the thunder have had multiple conversations with various teams about using their number 21 pick in a trade to reduce team salary and relieve financial pressure I'm so, under financial pressure. <laughs> first off, just just what are your guys' thoughts about this report? I mean, it read just like OKC's willing to get rid of the 21st and maybe a player like Patrick Patterson is like A, right, or Andre Robertson to uh, just get nothing back so they can kill salary and just pick up some guys from the men. That's what it sounded like and just get like a second-round pick. It's not surprising. I mean, I feel like most years you've got Presti kind of working all avenues. I think he's he's typically a GM that's pretty active on draft night. I mean, most teams are, are you know, exploring lots of things on draft night and leading up to draft night. 
but Presti especially, he likes to kind of leave no stone unturned. And that's kind of how I took this. It's not necessarily uh, like a 100% sure thing. This is what's going to happen. I took it more as Presti doing his due diligence, making sure he, he explores every avenue before he makes a move. Yeah, that's kind of the way I took it too. Um, an, an example would be like, so say uh, I wanted to go out to dinner tonight. And my fiance and I were talking about like six or seven places we wanted to go to dinner. And one of the places was a place I haven't been before. And so I text Kamiar because he's been to that, that establishment. And I said, Hey, thinking about going to dinner tonight, what do you think about this restaurant specifically? Well, then Kamiar thinks, Oh, Jacob is going to dinner at that place. Well, no, it's just one of many options uh, that I'm just evaluating and seeing what I want to do. Right. To me, that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, logically speaking, like Shams probably did not get this information from the Thunder, right? Like it, it wasn't Sam Presti in the front office who said, we're right. shopping pick 21. You would assume it's those teams that he called that have leaked that information. Well, Presti's not going to tell all of his plans to a team that he calls. He's just gauging... Can I trade the 21st pick and, and reduce my team's salary a bit and bring back uh, maybe a, a, a cheaper player that can that can help my team out, right? I think it's one piece in a much larger puzzle. Um, and, and just because this is being reported doesn't mean that this is the only thing they're exploring. If he wasn't exploring every option, he's not doing his job very well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think, too... You also have to think about, um, you know, what if they are interested in in shedding salary, you know, what's the motive behind it? Is it to is it strictly to get under the tax? Because I don't think that's that's the motive. I think it's it's there's another move in mind. They're trying to lower their salary because they want to trade for somebody. They want to try to sign somebody. There's a next step to that equation that we don't quite have yet, but it's it's clear that as they're kind of vetting these options, there's another, there's another piece of the puzzle that's to come. Yeah. For and sure. I think, I think that some people want to say like, well, I thought, okay, C was willing to pay. Exactly. I mean, like the window of opportunity to win a title is closing. And like, if you were to, you know, start pack things up, like, you know, just sell things off and, uh, a package of Steven Adams and possibly other things as well that you're willing that you're just like, you know, you're going to prepare for the future instead of the now. So people are like, OK, well, I thought you were willing to pay after going to deep, deep in the playoffs all those years and that pay. And, and now you have money set aside. So why are you just now with two years left on a Russ and PG contract? Why are you just now not willing to pay this money, even though the team hasn't gotten out of the first round? Um, so I think that's why some fans are like, are really pissed about it because I mean, they're like, Oh wow. They okay. See, finally dished out some money, even though they didn't dish it out for Harden and now they're not going to pay. That's weird. That's the most thunder thing I've ever heard. That's the kind of scenario. Yeah, I agree. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there a little bit is, you know, they, I, I don't think the thunder are just trying to shed a bunch of salary because, because they don't want to spend money anymore. Like if they got Paul George on that three plus one deal and, and then after the first year just said, Oh, screw it. We're just going to start cutting costs. 
then that is a a really really bad move that probably prevents you from from being competitive and getting other players to to re-sign with you in the future. Um, I think part of it is because they've missed getting out of the first round for three straight seasons. Um, you have to start to look at can can we trim costs a little bit while still being competitive? You know. Um, so Justin, something you brought up just a second ago, we got a Twitter question about. It is from at Thunder Rolls Four. He says, "Do you think the Thunder are attaching a player to the twenty-first pick to create space for a bigger, more expensive move in the future? If so, can you think of some examples of who they could get?" So we'll get to those examples in a second. But Justin, it kind of sounds like uh, you already answered his question that you think this is step one of of a multi-step process. Yeah, I think so. And I think when you look at where the Thunder's money situation is currently, they're kind of hamstrung. They really can't do anything in the current situation. Uh, if you don't follow uh, Bird Rights NBA on Twitter, go check him out. Uh, he has a, a really solid write-up where he kind of breaks down what the, the money situation is for OKC. And it's it's tough. They can't really sign anybody good, and they can't really make any big splashy trades because they're so handcuffed financially. So I think absolutely that you look at potentially trading back a little bit from the number 21 pick, and maybe you include a player whose salary you'd like to get off your books, like a few that Kamiar mentioned, and it helps give you a little bit more flexibility. So maybe you can pursue, pursue a flashier free agent or a bigger trade option. Yeah. That was my thing is if the thunder, just keep the roster as is, uh, make the 21st selection, use their taxpayer mid-level exception, which is worth about 6 million and try to tap into that Carmelo Anthony trade exception. I mean, just that taxpayer mid-level that's 6 million. And then you'd be paying about thirty million in taxes because of that, you know. So maybe getting off salary at the draft allows them to use some of those other tools they have, right? If we can get off Patrick Patterson, then we'll spend the mid level because that those two things cost the same amount of money. Does that make sense? So, so I. I I definitely think you're you're onto something there. Um, I would be pretty shocked if the Thunder uh, just used that pick as a salary dump. Say um, they they trade the pick plus Andre Robertson's ten million uh, to a team and just take absolutely nothing back in return, and that's just what happens. Is they just get rid of the pick and the player to save money? I would be pretty shocked if that happens. Would you be more shocked or angry because everybody's doing all these write-ups on possible guys they can draft and or possible guys they can sign in the offseason? I would I would be more shocked, but I would be pretty upset because I am... Uh... We're like Googling mock drafts every single day just yes. to find out, oh, they're not going to draft anybody. Now, if I mean, I'm not going to be upset if they trade the pick in a player and get another player in return. You know, like I'm fine with that, but to just complete, ooh, excuse me, just to completely trade out and and just get nothing um, would be very, very underwhelming and disappointing. So, 
kind of keeping on with with what the Thunder Rolls question on Twitter was. Uh, also, we have another Twitter question that applies to this. It's from at Darian underscore Hauser, who says, with the NBA draft coming up quick, would you rather draft someone who can contribute now or trade the pick? So this kind of gets into what I wanted to talk about. Let's say the Thunder do end up going this route. They trade the 21st pick. They try to shed some salary uh, and get a cheaper player back in return. Can you guys think of any examples, any any trade examples uh, that would fit that mold? Do you, ha- do you have any? I, I have a couple I can throw out and see what you guys think, but I didn't know if you guys had, had a thought of any um, up to this point. Say that again. I was laughing because I learned I could turn on subtitles for what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I said, do do you have any trades in mind of how the Thunder could trade a player plus their pick to get back another player who makes a little bit less salary? That's that is a part of my blockbuster trade. So I will be releasing that later. Justin, do you have any trades uh, early in mind right now? Uh, well, you know, a guy that I really liked for the Thunder got traded today in a similar type deal Yep. to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, my man, Torian Prince, I would have liked to see him in a Thunder uniform real bad. Yep. So, so I have a couple, let me throw these out to you guys and, and see what you think. Okay. Um, my first one is the Thunder trade. Patrick Patterson, uh, Hamadou Diallo, and the 21st overall pick to Phoenix. And in return, they bring back Josh Jackson. Then in a separate deal, the Thunder trades Andre Robertson to Phoenix, uh, just into their cap space in return for a trade exception. Obviously, the Thunder wouldn't do one without the other. But in that scenario, the Thunder gets off uh, roughly $11 million in in salary. Uh, they lose their 21st pick, but they do bring back Josh Jackson, who Phoenix may be looking to trade um, after some more off-the-court issues this summer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I I would take Josh Jackson. He doesn't necessarily, because of those off-the-court issues, necessarily feel like a standard Presty guy that he'd be willing to make a big move for. But I think Patterson and Robertson are not going to make a huge impact for this team, so I'm okay with trading them. Yeah, so my thought on that was I agree that the off-the-court stuff kind of Seems like a non-Presty move. Um, but Presty also went and got Nerland's Noel in free agency. And he had some of the si- some similar issues. Also, Josh Jackson just fits that mold of uh, high lottery pick. Hasn't really panned out in his first team. Um, maybe if he gets traded, he can bounce back. Um, and the Thunder have done that with guys like Dion Waiters and Ennis Cantor. You know, and, and so that's why that one was interesting to me. Another one, let's stay with Phoenix. What if the Thunder trade Dennis Schroeder for TJ Warren 
And then in a separate deal, the Thunder send Patrick Patterson in the 21st pick to Phoenix um, into their cap space for nothing in return. So in that scenario, again, the Thunder are getting off about $10 million, losing Schroeder, Patterson in the first, but bringing back TJ Warren. Mm, I I don't know why you like TJ Warren so much. I really hate that, but like it saves <laughs> it saves OKC like forty million dollars. But I really hate that because I hate TJ Warren in his game. Touche. Uh, Justin, do you have any thoughts on that one? I don't hate TJ Warren, but he doesn't get me super excited either. But that's the thing with this trade is I don't know that we are. If the Thunder do it, I don't know that we are going to get a guy back that just like gets me super psyched. And yeah. that's the thing that I keep coming back to is just where they're at and their situation financially, even if they do move the pick and attach somebody like Patrick Patterson to it, we're probably not going to get somebody super splashy with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of kind of the idea. Um, okay, I have two more. This one, the Thunder send out Dennis Schroeder and the 21st overall pick. In return, they bring back Chris Dunn and Denzel Valentine from the Bulls. The Bulls get a point guard. The Bulls get another pick to pair with their young core of Laurie Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr. And and the Thunder get back an athletic point guard in Chris Dunn, a shooter in Denzel Valentine, and $9 million in cap relief. And that $9 million equates to almost $50 million in tax. See, that I kind of like. I, I like Chris Dunn. Uh, and I think I think he'd be a nice second point guard for the Thunder. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Valentine, Chris Dunn is a starter. I, I think as a backup, he'd no, be fine, though. Totally. And Valentine... It, I'm up and down on him, but his potential as a shooter, I mean, it's pretty obvious what this team needs, and and a good shooter could go a long way. So if he could come in and contribute and kind of fill that space, I think I think that'd be a good fit. I mean, Valentine is better than Abdul Nader. Yeah, currently. as are most people. So uh, I mean, sure. what would Valentine be? Oh, this isn't because in that situation you're keeping Dre. So Valentine and Dre would be your wings off the bench next year. I mean, would Valentine be one of your top eight players on your roster? Oh God. You know, I mean, depending uh, on what you're doing yeah. for agency. Right. I think that's the key. I'm still of the mindset that I think Andre will start the season on the Thunder. I don't think he will end next season on the Thunder. But that still doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily make me feel better about the wing depth on the bench. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, okay, my last one for you guys. In this one, the Thunder trade, the 21st overall pick, Andre Robertson, Stephen Adams. In return, they bring back J.R. Smith and Kevin Love. In this trade, the Thunder are actually adding $4 million of salary. But if J.R. Smith is waived by June 29th, which is nine days after the draft, he only has $4 million of his $14.7 million guaranteed. So if you waive him, 
Uh, you pay four million, you get off the hook for the other ten. So the Thunder actually end up saving about seven million dollars overall in this. And so you're essentially trading Adams, Robertson, and the twenty-first for Kevin Love, and about seven million in cap relief. Hmm. Any thoughts? I like Kevin Love. I mean, I like Kevin and Love. He's always hurt. Yeah, it's fair. Always. It's fair. He's also a Whoa. really, really, really good shooter. I would be deathly afraid yeah. of the defense, especially trading Andre Robertson as well and not having uh, not having him coming off the bench for defense. Obviously, you didn't have him last year either. But no Adams or Robertson on this team. Uh, that They kind of embodied the defensive identity of this team. And so getting rid of them, yep. it, it is a, a very clear uh, shift in play style, I think. Would you guys ever entertain a scenario where the Thunder kept J.R. Smith? Um, I think it's interesting. You know, like if if somebody does trade for J.R. Smith and, and buys him out, and he becomes a free agent. Uh, I think he's an interesting candidate for the Thunder to uh, to try to sign in free agency. Do you guys remember when J.R. Smith was on the Hornets? Did you ever see him? Um, I remember a game very vividly where the team came out after halftime and they were playing the cha-cha slide at the uh, the Ford Center at oh, the time. Yeah. Oh, and I'm loving this story already. And instead of like putting up shots like every other Hornets player was doing, J.R. Smith is at half court just going all in on the cha-cha slide, like through the entire song, all by himself at half court. And Hell it was just, yes. to me, that's like the epitome of J.R. Smith. I love it. It's, it's like, it's it's everything good and everything bad about J.R. Smith kind of rolled into one. It fits the mold, man. It fits the mold for sure. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, okay, so, so out of those four trades I gave you guys, the Josh Jackson one, the T.J. Warren one, the Chris Dunn, Denzel Valentine one, and the Kevin Love one. Um, if, if those four trades are on the table and the Thunder have to take one of them on draft night, which one do you prefer? I, I think know. I go with the Bulls one. Probably the Bulls one too, I agree. Interesting. Okay. Awesome. What about you? What do you think? No, man, I don't know. It's... uh. It's so he's going to make his own trade, but not. Yeah, right. Not, yeah. Not, <laughs> well, not I think I think it's a hard sell to the rest of the team uh, to trade away Schroeder and not bring back somebody proven because Schroeder, um, although inconsistent, uh, helped this team this year. And I think trading yeah, trading sure. Schroeder away and not bringing back um, a recognizable player who who is an immediate impact player. Um, I think that's a hard sell to guys like Russ and PG and Steven Adams. Like just like, Hey, we're getting rid of a good player cause we don't want to spend the money. Um, so that's a hard one for me. Uh, the, the Cleveland one, it, it would be so hard to see Steven Adams leave, but that one does save you a good chunk of money and get you a shooting big that, that the team kind of needs. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think if I had to choose one, I'd go with the TJ Warren one. Interesting. Because I think that one, it saves them the most money while still getting them a a legitimate scoring punch 
off the bench who can play three or four. And I think that's and the way the league is now. I think that's that's probably your best bet moving forward. You could play uh, T.J. Warren and Paul George on the court together, and I think it still makes yeah. sense. So, all right, well. This is Blue Wire. Oh, that's the wrong track. <laughs> you are great. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about ShipStation really quick. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain, but that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, people who listen to the Blue Wire podcasts on their network can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even having to put in your credit card information. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the Postal Service, FedEx, US, or sorry, UPS, even Amazon, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for your for you and your customer. No wonder Shipping Station is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue. That's shipstation.com. Enter the promo code blue. Shipstation.com. Make ship happen okay another thunder report that came out this week uh, mark stein has reported that not only thunder assistant coach and big man coach mark bryant has left for phoenix but also thunder assistant coach darko ryakovic who originally coached for the tulsa 66ers and then got got bumped up to the the the, the big franchise uh, has also left to join Monty Williams in Phoenix as well. So those two join Bob Byer. Uh, Bob Byer's also left, uh, although he didn't go to Phoenix; he went to Sacramento. So that's three Thunder assistant coaches who are gone. Um, that's a lot of assistant coach jobs to fill this summer. Um, is this worrisome? Does this make you guys worried or nervous that that so many of these assistants are jumping ship? Yes. Do you care to <laughs> to elaborate? I mean, might as well have everybody leave, right? Like, well, why is Billy still there? It's just, are they going to a better situation? Or because you can have two views on this, you could say, "Wow, they really grown within the Thunder organization, made a name for themselves." Or they could be like, "Yeah, we see this ship and we're diving off. We don't want a part of this." And I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And you're losing Mark Bryant. Uh, I really don't care about Darko Ryakovich. I don't really care about Bob Byer, who was there for one year. But losing somebody big like uh, Mark Bryant, that's that's pretty that's pretty a big deal, and then I, people want to say, oh, it's because Monty Monty was here for a year and therefore has like dedicated everybody's souls to him because he's the best ever. 
uh, Monty was only there for a year, and all these other coaches were there before. So that's kind of an issue. Um, yeah. Like you said, Mark but, Mark Bryant was with the team in Seattle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So whatever. Uh, that's con- that's really concerning to me, and uh, it feels like a thing where you could say either way that oh wow, okay, see Thunder Tree's big. No, they could easily just say hey. Billy Donovan has no idea what he's doing. He's not running the show. It's actually the two superstars. That's why I like it in OKC so much. Therefore, everybody's going to a place where they can coach players and not actually just, you know, stand by. Coaching coachable players. Who would have thought? Justin, what are your thoughts? I think it's the first thing that came to mind for me was if I put myself in their shoes, it's the uncertainty of what happens after this season. We know the with Billy Donovan's contract situation, it affects the assistant coaches as much as it affects Billy. If he's not going to get an extension, if they're going to let him coach out this year, that kind of leaves guys like Mark Branton and Darko Ryakovich in bad situations to where if they hang on with Billy Donovan for another year and then he gets fired... Well, the Thunder might bring in a new coach next year, and that guy might not want to retain those assistants. And so that puts them kind of out to dry. So I I looked at it as a little bit of like self-preservation of, okay, if they're not going to extend Billy Donovan, then I'm going to go somewhere else because I'm going to make sure I know where I'm going to be next year. I don't want to be in this kind of weird state of limbo. That's one angle. I do think Kamiar is dead on on a lot of it, too. Of there, It feels like something else is going on, especially with Mark Bryant departing. You don't get a guy that you know goes through that many coaches on a coaching staff. Like There was no way that I think Sam Presti lets a new incoming coach fire Mark Bryant. So like you said, either he really liked Monty Williams and wanted to be on that staff, or there's something about the Thunder staff that was turning him off. Either way, it caused him to, you know, look for a new situation after a long time with the same franchise. It just kind of makes makes you stop and pause a little bit for sure. Yeah, I think I think it has to be. It's not one thing, right? I think it's probably a mixture of kind of everything that you guys have said. Um, it's also hard because obviously it's just like our perspective is just speculation. We don't know, like, did Mark Bryant reach out? to Monty Williams. Did Monty Williams reach out to Mark Bryant? Um, is Mark Bryant getting promoted? Is he getting more money? Uh, this, that, the other. I, I do think Mark Bryant, Darko uh, are both really good coaches, right? I, I don't think it's just, uh, it, it has anything to do with that, right? I, I think Monty probably wants them on his staff. Uh, but but I think that the the whole idea of being out in limbo in this season is is a real thing like if you can have job certainty for one year and then not know what's going to happen or have job certainty for five years uh you probably take the five year right um yeah there's it, it just if there's so many variables in on this but but i'm with you guys it's it's concerning uh that that's a lot of people you have to to replace and and why are they leaving in the first place so let me ask you guys i have two questions for you about this number one do you have any thoughts on candidates who may replace these guys 
You obviously have Mark Bryant, who who's big man coach. You had um, Bob Byer, who was the lead assistant. Um, and then you had Darko, who mainly worked with the wings. Uh, specifically, he worked a lot with uh, Terrence Ferguson and Paul George. I would prefer somebody not from college. <laughs> right. Same. Because that's yeah. worked out really well. Except for Brad Stevens, who also hasn't been to an Eastern Conference Finals, right? I, I don't know. I don't know which route they'll go. I think with this many jobs to fill, I think it'll be interesting to see if they go. I know we've kind of talked about this offline of like, do they go the former player route, a guy like Nick Collison or Derek Fisher? Or somebody like that, or even like Kendrick Perkins, if he decides to not be on ESPN anymore. Um, do they do they bring in a guy like that? I think I think Nick Collison makes a lot of sense to me, just in terms of kind of locker room presence and respect, and kind of how he's viewed within the Thunder organization. If that's a direction he wants to go in his career post playing in the NBA, I think that would be a no brainer hire for OKC. Yeah, um, the so I think the Nick Collison and the Kendrick Perkin ones are fan favorites. Uh, the the concern on my part there is, is not their their character, their their capability, but just their experience coaching, right? For sure. Um, you know, do do you want to bring in two guys who have never coached before, or do you go out and do you find someone who has experience and has been in these situations before? Um, now as a lower level guy on the staff, as one of like the, the, the lower assistants who maybe like doesn't even sit on the bench, uh, sure. Bring them in for, for those positions. But, but the flip side, um, you know, I, I, I think you prefer with a, with a, especially with a team that's kind of a win now team. I, I think you look for experience in the guys that you would bring on. So, um, Okay, last question on the staff side. One month ago, if I asked you one month ago, what would you put the percentage chance of Billy Donovan being the head coach for for next season be? Um, what would you guys say? And after three assistants have left, has that number changed at all for you? Um, basically getting at... If all your assistants are going to leave, should you just clean house and bring in an entire new coaching staff uh, altogether? So, Justin, one month ago, what percentage chance would you give Billy Donovan at being the head coach of the Thunder next season? And then what is your number now? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it stayed the same? I'd say one month ago, I was probably sitting at like 80% chance that Billy Donovan returns. And right now I'm feeling probably like 65, something like that. I still think it's it's more than likely that he's our coach next season. But it does start to make me wonder, like, I don't know, as this kind of stuff drags out, as the, the longer they go without hiring new assistants, kind of starts to make me wonder as well. And it kind of becomes the kind of thing where you start to wonder, almost uh from billy's perspective you know does he does he go look at like a college job and get an offer and bring it back to presti and say okay i either want a contract extension to stay with the thunder or i'm gonna go coach 
at this school and kind of give him, you know, put the pressure on on Presty a little bit to make a decision. I think if if a situation like that arises, then he might be out the door. I still think, though, uh, more than likely, Billy D is the coach of the Thunder next season. That makes me so sad. <laughs> Call me or what? What? What do you think? What? What would your percentage chance? What was your percentage chance of Billy coming back a month ago? And how has it changed after all this assistant coach movement? It's both 100% because Sam Presti, for some reason, really loves coaches that Russell Westbrook can stomp all over and not be coached. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I like like people say, oh, well, you know, Billy Donovan's a player's coach, and he is to an extent. And like Schroeder even mentioned it in his, in his exit interviews. Like, yeah, he lets us do our own thing. I've never had that before, and that's really cool. But sometimes he can give us too much, uh, too much freedom, and everybody knows who and what he is talking about. And I think you know, people are like, well, Russ wouldn't do well with a dominant coach like Pop. I think the I think the flip side of that would be accurate. I think Russ would do really well. He might not like the way a uh, coach like Pop or Budenholzer or Brad Stevens or somebody held them accountable. But, I mean, after he's seen success and after he would see that, like, these systems coaches, that they want things done the right way, um, would hold them accountable. I think in like make him successful and save his body, like to where like he wouldn't be exiting his prime two years early. I think it would work out well. But to this point, here we are, and this is what we have, and it's it's just it's just really frustrating, and I hate everything about it. Like it's like you can be a player's coach, but damn, hold somebody accountable. That's why I'm like, because Alex Roy. Uh, pumped that that information that OKC would be interested in interviewing Collison, um, Kendrick Perkins, and who else was it? A former player, Derek, Derek Fisher. And I'm all about, you know, putting Perk back on, putting Perk on staff because, like, he was one of the guys that was on the team a long time ago that was an enforcer, but not only an enforcer, a guy that held everybody accountable and wasn't afraid to get in somebody's grill. And uh, although somebody wouldn't like it, although somebody like Russ wouldn't like it, he kept them in check and kept them chill, cool, calm, collected, and told them, like, you know, instructions and not just like, hey, go out there and make a play and shoot a, you know, 35 foot jumper to win the game off balance with, you know, while trying to draw a foul. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm tired of Billy. I'm ready for something new, but it's not going to happen. All right, very good. Um, hey, let's get to some some stuff around the league. But before that, let's talk about mm. Harry's razors. We've got an announcement to I make. Shaved. <laughs> Kamiar did shave, and he looks uh, he looks very weird. He, did you use a Harry's razor? What what the hell? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I use Harry's razors. You don't really look great. weird. You just look different because I'm so used to you with the, with the facial hair. Sorry. I use Harry's razors, and it, it was a smooth cut and shave. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. 
Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany. It's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for only $3. All right, you guys ready to go around the association? Yeah. See, si, senor. Let's uh, let's play the old around the association sounder just for uh, nostalgia purposes. You ready? Here we go. I like yeah, All around the world. Bring it around town. Bring it around town. Such a good well, one. Well, hey guys, it is a good one. Uh, speaking of good ones. There was a good trade in the old NBA this afternoon. The Brooklyn Nets and the Atlanta Hawks engaged in a little pre-draft tomfoolery. The Nets traded Alan Crabb and two first-rounders to the Atlanta Hawks for Torian Prince. This has a lot of, uh, what am I looking for, ramifications. There you There's go. the word. A lot of ramifications for both teams. Uh, the Nets dump a lot of salary and open up two max free agent spots. What do you guys think about that? Is there a certain point guard uh, over in, in Boston that you think this might be attractive to? I don't know I what no the clue. I don't know what the Vegas odds are on on Kyrie to Boston or Kyrie to, to Brooklyn, but um, if I had any money I'd probably bet on it. I mean I, I feel like the Nets have completely tilted their hand where we feel pretty confident about snagging some free agents this summer, some big-named free agents. So it's exciting. It's exciting. Making moves. It's wild to, to look at. I mean, the, the Nets have two max spots. The Knicks have two max spots. Don't uh, like What do the Clippers have? They have the, a the lot. The Clippers of- have one, but avenues to get to two. Yeah. Lakers have one. So- Dallas has one, possibly two. You have these, the exception of Dallas, you have the, the traditional big markets in the NBA, L.A. and New York, with both teams in each market really kind of set up to lure some big free agents. I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they can finally be successful in those pursuits as they've not necessarily been in recent years. Yeah, and I think what's funny is so, like you said, the two New York teams, the two L.A. teams, both have max max slots available for free agency. And I think the the less historic of uh, less historic franchise of each city is going to be the one to win out because the more historic franchises, the Lakers and the Knicks, are absolute shit shows. And I don't know why any player would want to go there where it seems like it's trending a lot more towards Brooklyn and towards the Clippers. Yeah. What do you guys think about uh, like the the Brooklyn story just intrigues me. You have, you know, the beginning of their move from New Jersey to Brooklyn where they really swung for the fences, tried to bring in big flashy free agents and traded away a lot of future stability for winning now and it completely backfired in their face and they looked like 
a franchise that, you know, kind of blew their shot and would be doomed to be cellar dwellers for a long time, who now, I mean, they've got uh, some exciting young players like Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell, and they've got a lot of cap space. Yeah, and Karis LeVert. Somebody like, like say they're, and Karis LeVert. And uh, our, our man, the the walking bucket, Joe Harris. Yep. But but imagine they're able to, imagine that they are the New York franchise that brings in a Kyrie and a Kevin Durant this summer. Like, what a story for them to go from kind of betting it all to on winning now to kind of clawing back to a position where they, they could be a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, or... Just to play Four. devil's advocate here, what if they just traded uh, Alan Crabb and two first-round picks to open up that cap space and they strike out? And again, they've mortgaged future draft assets uh, and and kind of shit the bed and come away with nothing. That's a great point. You know, it's it's it feels like a high risk, high risk, high reward. I just said high risk, high risk, uh, high risk. <laughs> Sounds like uh, I don't know. Sounds like some like I am, old Egyptian word or something. I don't know. What? <laughs> what does it even mean? I don't know. It's like you're saying hieroglyph. With yeah, hieroglyph. Almost. Hieroglyph. Um, I'm mostly jealous that they were able to perform a salary dump while scoring Torian Prince. Yeah, that's. As we were talking about potentials, potential trades for the Thunder to dump salary and like who they could get back, like that right there. That's. That's what I want. Yeah, if the Thunder could have traded 21 and Robertson to get Tari and Prince, like, put it in Sold. my veins. Yep. But but the Thunder aren't able to ship out uh, this year's first and a, and a future first, and, and Brooklyn was. That's true. You know, so I, now, I would, sorry, not, not to delay this any longer, no, but I, I would not be surprised at all. I would actually be upset if this wasn't the case that, that Presti had talks with Atlanta about something like yeah. that, you know? Um, yep. And then Atlanta just chose to chose to get the future draft capital as well. So let's talk about that exact thing. Uh, Atlanta now has picks 8, 10, 17, 35, and two picks in the 40s of this draft. Obviously, uh, there's no way that they make all those selections. So what do you guys think the Hawks are going to do with those? Do you think they try to package some and trade up for a higher pick? Or do you think they uh, trade away some of the lower pieces and and look for some maybe more veteran guys or or something like that? Where do you think they go with this? Uh, Call me. You want to take this one? The Hawks. Oh man, because I I was talking to Jacob about this earlier when we were playing basketball. That you know the Hawks could just what are their picks? What what are they? They have three, eight. Eight, 10, and, 10 17. and 17. Yeah. Yeah, in the first like, round, they have three. Second round, they have three. You could essentially pick at eight and then package 10 and 17 for a vet. Or you could pick at eight and then package 10 and 17 for like, I don't know. Or you could just package eight, 10 and 17 for a much higher draft position. So Yeah, like, could you do knows? could you do eight and 10 to like get to six? And then do six and seventeen to like get the four. I guess. And then take somebody like like an RJ Barrett if he's there at four. I don't think RJ. I think RJ Barrett yep. will probably go three. But 
I mean, there's you could could you trade pick seventeen in this draft for um, a, an unprotected first uh, in twenty twenty one? You know, there's there's so many different routes they can go with this. Like it's mm. just it's fascinating, and and I think pick I think thir- the highest pick. Do what? What do you think the highest pick they could pull in would be? Oh, I probably four. With, I don't think they I could crack the top three. Four, three or four. Just because you know, I I think it's kind of consensus that that there's three like surefire good guys in this draft with Zion, RJ, and and um. Oh my gosh, I just brain farted. Jaw, 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 Morant. Um, and then after that, it's it's kind of up in the air. Uh, so I don't know if any of those top three are willing to trade out. But but I think you could get to four. I think it's possible. So I don't know. There's totally. there's so many interesting yeah. avenues they can go. I think pick thirty five has some has some value to teams too. Because if there's a guy that you like that that doesn't go in the first round, um, first rounders have guaranteed contracts where second rounders you can just sign at the veteran minimum. You know, kind of like what the Thunder did with Hamadou Diallo. So instead of paying a first rounder uh, $2 million in year one, the Thunder got Hamadou Diallo for 800000 you know. And for, for teams that are kind of walking that line of the luxury tax, pick 35 and, and that non-guaranteed money is pretty valuable. Yep, absolutely. They could also uh, take a flyer on. I mean, if they wanted to select at eight, ten, and seventeen, I mean, you can take a a, a high risk guy uh, and hope they hope they hit a guy like a Kevin Porter Jr. or a Bull Bull or something like that. A guy that has a high ceiling but also a really low floor. Um, with with three picks, it, it just gives you kind of that that security to be able to go out and do that. So I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I think it's setting up for a very, very active draft night. I've kind of felt that way for a while just because of it's what everybody talked about of, you know, the nobody has a good grasp on where guys will go. Like you said, outside of the top three um, or even really the top two, probably uh, outside of that, it's kind of a, a, a clown fiesta. And so I feel like, it's going to come to draft night and I think we're going to see a lot of movement, whether that's uh, people trading up and down picks or people making picks and trading them for veterans or what have you. And it actually makes me think of uh, a good stat I saw from Jonathan Gavoni from draft express. There's been an average of 7.7 first round picks involved in draft day trades over the past 15 years. So if we set that as kind of an over under, what do you think we get from this year's draft? Under. Give me under. Oh, yeah? okay. I'll take the over. Yes, give me under. I'll take I'm, the, I'll I'm take the over. over too. What makes you think the reason why I'm saying there are there's going to be an average there's going to be less than average of 7.7 is because there's so many players coming off expiring deals this year to where people are just going to be like, I don't need to trade. I can wait for free agency. So that like, is a good point like, because all these bad contracts, all these bad contracts are now like ending either this year or the following year. So why would you trade assets you have when you can, you know, awesome. you can like, like look at all the teams in the league. So many of them, like if you're on the trade machine, you can even trade people because 
half these guys are only have one year left or I guess are done with their contract and are, are they restricted or unrestricted. So I think it's under because this year and next year you're going to have a lot of players coming off those bad deals with the cap spike. So give me the under. And to add on to that, That's interesting. though, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. All those players coming off those bad deals. We just talked about there's going to be like a total of eight or nine max slots available in the league this summer. There's not eight or nine guys that deserve a max. And so I think we might be headed for another summer where if a team like the Knicks strike out on Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler, they're maybe throwing a max at Tobias Harris or they're throwing a max at Malcolm Brogdon or they're throwing is a Tobias Harris worth. Hey, is Tobias Harris worth max though? That it's tough. I don't know. Is, is he? Malcolm is Malcolm Brogdon worth the max for what he can get right now, which is like eighteen mil? Yeah, I would mean, you pay Mal- Malcolm Brogdon eighteen mil right now? It's hard. I don't know. Maybe if I'm like the Phoenix would you Suns, pay, I would. Would you? Yeah. Would you rather pay Malcolm Brogdon eighteen mil right now or Dennis Shooter fifteen five? What he's owed? Oh, Malcolm Brogdon, one hundred percent. Okay, then <laughs> exactly then. So that Malcolm Brogdon deal is not bad. Yeah. Um, you know, like. I, I don't know. I just I feel like teams are going to miss out on the free agents that th- that they're going to want. They're going to have this. This they're going to be like the Nets and pay Alan Crabb nineteen million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right. There's going to be these inflated contracts again. I hope it just doesn't become a cycle. One way you can kind of break that is kind of do what the Lakers did and offer some players some inflated contracts, but just on one year deals, and they those players hit free agency again next summer. It's a possibility. Yep. So I don't know. It's yep. it's going to be an interesting summer, though, because of that. It's it's so much different than last year when last year we had a lot of players available, but like no cap space. So a lot of players got really below market value deals. I think this summer might be the yep. opposite where there's so much money out there. Some players are going to get over market value. I think it's fair to say. I thought you were going to make a Game of Thrones reference when you said... Break the cycle. I was waiting. Break for the a, wheel. I was waiting for Dracarys in there, and then stab Daenerys Targaryen with a knife in the heart. Spoiler alert! Jesus, this guy. Um, one team that I think is planning to be fairly active in the market this summer is the Houston Rockets. We have Mark Stein reported that rival executives believe that the Rockets will start the season without at least. One of Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, or Clint Capella. Who do you think of that three is the most likely to not be a member of the Rockets next season? Capella. Yeah, I'll go with Capella as well. Because Gordon and Tucker have been so so vital to their success in the playoffs, and Capella, well, half the time he wasn't even playing, and that's bad news for a player like Steven Adams who already has a max contract. (laughs) <laughs> like that's sad, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's and hindsight's always twenty twenty. But Capella and Adams were were going to be free ag- both going to be free agents this past summer. But then the Thunder uh, extended Stephen Adams before he hit the open market, probably because they were afraid that they were going to, you know, have to pay more if he hit the open market. But then now hindsight, um, they probably could have got Stephen Adams for much much cheaper. Um, you know, they, they thought they were getting ahead of the curve when in reality they, they kind of shot them themselves in the foot, you know? So 
It's just who's the worst? Who was the worst contract? Kendrick Perkins at like ten mil, or Steven Adams at more than double that? Oh, Kendrick Perkins. And when and considering the what the percentage of their contract the is to the cap, yep. and considering that Kendrick Perkins was like coming off a knee injury and couldn't even jump anymore, uh, in comparison to to Steven Adams still being young and developing. Uh, I think it. I think that one's pretty easily Kendrick Perkins. Poor Perk. Poor might Perk. Be next, might be the next assistant coach. So yeah, <laughs> right. destroying hey. more nail salons. <laughs> uh, was that him Gosh. or his wife, or did they tag team that? I can't remember. It was Van- Vanity. It got angry, and then he threw the he threw the chair at it. Ah. Oh. Broke the glass. I remember one time Perk said he was going to meet me at Bobo's Chicken and let me buy him food, and then he was going to take a he picture with you me. Up. And that mother effers had me at Bobo's Chicken for two and a half hours and never showed up, asshole. Yeah, How much like, chicken did you eat in two and a half Bobo's hours? Bobo's Chicken at like two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dangerous place. I, like, I just ate chicken one four-piece, but I was very pissed off while I ate that four-piece because Kendrick Perkins stood my ass up. Apparently, hey, he did that multiple times. Hey, let's go to Bobo's tomorrow, and I'll, I'll get catfish this time. Why? Because well, a lot of people stand in line to get the catfish. Like, Jake knows. Like, a ton of people stand in line to get the catfish. I'm always wondering what's up with the catfish. I think they stand in line to get the catfish because Bobo knows that nobody buys the catfish, so he doesn't cook it. So if you buy it, you got to wait 20 minutes for it to cook. <laughs> no, that line He's got to drive long. his ass I mean, out I'm to sure a pond and catch it first. It's I'm not sure like they're putting they honey on the catfish. Maybe they should. Oh, ooh. I bet they do. Let's. Well, I'm gonna try. Let's let's go tomorrow night and we'll try. Tomorrow night's my fiance's birthday, so we're going out to dinner. But we can go Saturday night. <laughs> Sounds like she's going, to Bobo's. <laughs> yeah, like she's going to Bobo's. <laughs> Happy birthday, bitch! We're going to Bobo's. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god! <laughs> I hope she didn't hear that. She's in the other room. Put, the, put that on a Hallmark card. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys ready for some blockbuster trades? Yes, yes sir. Magible! No way! I'll trade you my level two Magikarp for your Charizard. Deal. It's a disaster. Take trading. Disaster. Hey, the Pokemon part of that sounder. Uh, did you guys ever get ripped off in a Pokemon trade before because you didn't know what the hell kind of cards you had? One time I traded a Pikachu for a, a Sand Shrew, then I immediately regretted it, so I stole my Pikachu back and kept the Sand Shrew. Hell yeah, that's incredible. Justin? Uh, no, I tried to rip people off, but it never worked. Nah. Um, I got a quick Pokemon story if you guys want to hear it. I like Pokemon stories. I'll, here, I'm going to set a timer. The Pokemon story will be 60 seconds or less. All right, you ready? Okay, Can't yeah, wait. Right. Here we go. Okay, so I had my Pokemon Blue, and my mom was, she babysat these two kids over the summer, and so one day, me, my mom, and the two kids were all going to, uh, to like the Omniplex or the zoo or something, and so I brought my Game Boy to play Pokemon, and the other kid brought his Game Boy to play Pokemon. I had already beaten the game. He had not, so he was like, hey will you trade me some of your good Pokemon so I can beat this gym trainer and then I'll trade them back to you. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, because my Pokemon were cool and I wanted to show them off. So I traded him like my Gyarados and my Blastoise and my Dragonite and my Mewtwo. 
And then, so in the afternoon, we're driving home, and I said, hey, can you trade me my Pokemon back now? I want to play. And he said, you know what? I think I'm just going to keep them because I like them. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you're not allowed to do that. And so he wouldn't trade me my Pokemon back. So, uh, so this asshole fell asleep on the drive home. So I hooked up the, the old link cable between the two Game Boy Colors. Yes. I traded all my Pokemon back. Plus, um, you know how you can only get like one of the three starters? Mm-hmm. I took his starter. I, I had a Blastoise. He had a Charmeleon. So I took that from him. And then after the trade was over, I restarted his game. And you know how on Pokemon oh you can either c- click continue or new game, and if you clicked new game, it deleted your old game? Well, I deleted his old game. Then I stole that asshole's AA battery, so I had an extra pair. Don't ever try to steal my Pokemon. Cut your damn neck. God. So that's my Pokemon trading story. Let's get on to Blockbuster Trades where you're supposed to come up with blockbuster trades before this segment, but some people do it while they're podcasting. Hey, speaking of, will you go to Justin first? Because I'm working on my blockbuster trade. <laughs> That's what I figured. Uh, Justin, uh, what was your blockbuster trade? Does it involve the Thunder, and does it involve one, two, three, four, or many as five teams? Um, it does not I did a one-team trade. <laughs> you can trade it yourself. I don't know. <laughs> It does not involve the Thunder. It does involve three teams. This is a trade that I actually came across on TradeNBA.com, and I kind of I was kind of intrigued by it. So it involves the L.A. Lakers, the Phoenix Suns, and the Washington Wizards. The Phoenix Suns get Lonzo Ball and the Wizards' first-round pick. The Wizards get it. KCP, TJ Warren, Josh Hart, Mo Wagner, and three first-round picks. Jesus. And the Lakers get Bradley Beal. Mm. So my thought here, the Suns get a, get a, a point guard. The Wizards get some dudes and a lot of picks. Dude, and, dudes. And some dudes. <laughs> and... Uh, the Lakers get to bring Bradley Beal along the Bron Bron show. That would make me that make me feel really bad because I like Bradley Beal and I wouldn't want him to go to the hellhole that is <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Who's even their coach now? It's like five people besides LeBron. It's <laughs> a good point. They uh, they have more more head coaches than I thought was possible because uh, what, what's the guy's name? Vogel. Yeah. Frank Vogel. Lionel Hollins is like somewhere there now. Jason, yeah. Kidd? Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's there now. You have LeBron. So you've got four coaches, <laughs> four head coaches. Who's uh, like a sad situation. They're going to have a hard time, like setting up a hierarchy of authority there. I think. Braun is one. They all fall in the wrong <laughs> line after that. That's all that matters. Braun 1A, Rich Paul 1B. Maybe yes. Paul. Yeah, Braun, uh, then Genie Bus. Have you seen? <laughs> yeah, Genie Bus. Genie Bus. All right, I have my Her- trade ready. 
Okay, I'm ready for you. I, I put this thing together in literally like the last 45 seconds. You ready for this? You put it together in a shorter amount of time than you said your minute Pokemon story would say. Hey, <laughs> I'm just telling you, now you know where my priorities lay. Okay. Anthony Davis is going to the Denver Nuggets. No. In return for Gary Harris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., 2020 first-round pick and a 2022 first-round pick. Does anybody say no to that besides, oh, well, I don't know. It's interesting, you, isn't it? Will you, repeat what the nuggets, will you repeat what the Nuggets are giving up? The Nuggets are giving up Gary Harris, uh, yep. who's on a four-year deal. Will Barton, okay. who is on a four-year deal. Michael Porter Jr., who's obviously on his rookie scale deal. High upside uh, rookie. Um, a first-rounder in 2020 and a first-rounder in 2022. If I'm because Norland is going to get Zion, and they've already got Julius Randle, which is a better version of Zion. Yeah, but Julius is um, a free agent this summer. And then that's right; he's he's restricted, isn't he? Or is no, he's no, a player he's, option? Player he has option. a player option. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's and he's going to get money. He's yeah. he's only getting paid eight million. Oh yeah, my gosh. and and the, like we talked about in this market this year, he'll, he'll make some money. He's going to get he's going to get maxed by the Knicks. One hundred percent, he is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the the Pelicans would also get Michael Porter Jr., which matches the timeline, obviously, of of Zion, and then you get two future firsts. I don't. I still don't know if that's enough. And then Denver will have Jokic, Davis, and and Jamal Murray. And then I don't just, think that's enough. If I'm New Orleans, if I'm New Orleans, I want Jokic. In some other pieces. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but I think Denver Denver isn't willing to do that. Not saying that they that 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 they should or shouldn't. I just don't think Denver would do that. Right. I don't think they well you don't think Denver would trade Jokic for Anthony Davis? I don't know, man. Not with all those other pieces. Like if it was just Jokic for Davis straight up. I think they would do it. Well, hell, I, I, even like Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton in Jokic, I would trade for Anthony Davis and maybe like Aton Moore or something. I don't, I don't know. know. All right, call me what's your trade? All right, well, I have a three-team trade, and this involves the Thunder. It involves a team that needs a point guard. It involves OKC getting off of money and actually saving uh, about $25 million in tax. So That's it's in the realm of possibility, but actually not really. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. The Thunder, and this would be, I guess, presumably on draft night because you can't trade for strong picks. Correct. But anyways, the Thunder, they are going to trade away Andre Robertson and Dennis Schroeder to the Timberwolves, and as well as they're sending out their first-round pick, the 21st pick, and they're going to send Patrick Patterson to the Suns. The Timberwolves are going to send out Jeff Teague to the Suns, and they're also going to send out a second-round pick to OKC along with Andrew Wiggins. And the Suns are going to send out 
uh, our boy Josh Jackson to the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves get Schroeder. The Timberwolves get the, so Timberwolves get Robertson, Schroeder, Jackson, and OKC twenty one. The Suns get Teague, Patterson, and Thunder get Andrew Wiggins and a second round pick via Miami from this year. That's an interesting one. I'm trying to My think. My only of... question would be, does and it saves twenty five million dollars worth. And I think your question would be, does Minnesota even do that? Right. Yeah. That was not that. That was not my question. My question was, uh, <laughs> does Andrew Wiggins' superpowers? Yes, because he's always he in OKC for the Thunder and not just against them. Because if so, then let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I think Minnesota probably says no on that one, but it is a fascinating one. It's because well, Josh Jackson's three six million for the next three years, or for the next two years. Shooters fifteen five for the next two, and Dre's on a ten million expiring. And the Timberwolves know they're not going to do anything the following year or two. So might as well take that year and have all that money. And then, of course, I mean, you have Teague with the one year left. On ex- you have Teague with the one year left on his deal. Patterson with one year left on his deal. And if it doesn't work with Teague, I mean, then that's, and again, that's an expiring 19 mil. You can go out and sign somebody big. And then Wiggins. That's a big contract for OKC. I mean, it's like $25 million, but it's, but uh, it gives you a little more room as far as like trade assets in the future when the cap goes up. I think the CBA goes up in like two years, something like that. Um, but it's interesting nonetheless because then you have a couple wings that can actually do some damage, specifically Wiggins yep. against second team, second units. That's exactly what I was thinking. Stagger PG and Wiggins. Just let him go ham on second units. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't want to waste our listeners time with me playing around with the trade machine, like live on the podcast. Uh, but I wonder if there's a, a bit of a smaller deal you can construct there, um, where instead of sending out Wiggins, the Timberwolves send out Robert Covington to Oklahoma city. I like Covington. I know Covington makes 15 million less than, than Wiggins. Um, but God, I just think Covington would fit so, so, so well on this team. Would you trade away, and I don't know if the money even works right now, would you trade away Dennis Schroeder, Jeremy Grant, and something like Patrick Patterson or something like that to get Covington and, oh, Wiggins? Yeah, probably so. Mm. Yeah, I think I probably would too. Just just collect the 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 all star talent. Probably do it. God, I don't Wigan, Wigan still has still five more it. years on his contract. That's a lot. Well, it's four, right? Oh, that'll be four. Yeah, because this season's yeah. technically over. Um, I mean, if you could pull off like a Schroeder uh, and Patterson in the twenty first for Robert Covington. Um, and then make it a three-team deal somehow to get the Suns, the point guard they want. Um, or maybe Jeff Teague wants to opt out and and the Timberwolves want Schroeder. Um, you can do Schroeder and, and, and Patterson or Schroeder and, and Andre for, for Covington and, I don't know, somebody like uh, 
Uh, I, I don't know who else they have on their roster. That makes a decent chunk of change. But where it saves Thunder a little bit of money and they can snag Robert Covington, I would do that in a heartbeat. Agreed. So, Yeah, the, the Schroeder-Grant-Patterson for Covington and Wiggins works. Ooh, do it. If it works in the trade machine, why isn't Presty pulling the trigger? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's true. True. Uh, all right. Anything else before we get out of here, gentlemen? I think I'm good. All good. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Again, you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search The Uncontested. You can also find us really anywhere you listen to podcasts if you search Blue Wire Podcasts. If you search Blue Wire, Blue Wire, you will see all Blue the Wire. other podcasts that are part of our network. There's some good ones. So go check that out. While you search for us, please leave us a five-star rating. Uh, that would mean a lot to us. Uh, it helps us rise up those podcast charts. Uh, and it gives me the self-confidence I need to continue my day-to-day life. So please do that. Um, follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Justin. He's at OKC Tracker. Kamyar is at Boomtown RW. Myself, I am at Thundermob405. Draft two weeks from today. Hey, we did a whole podcast and then talk about the finals. Raptors are up 2 1. Uh, hopefully, you listen to this podcast on Friday and we will see what happens in game four. We'll talk to you guys again next week. We'll try to churn out another couple of podcasts before the draft gets here and then we'll have a special draft night pod where we will dissect what all happened around the league and with the Oklahoma City Thunder so be on the lookout for that as well you guys have a great weekend we will talk to you later Thunder up whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.